comes the time to look into God's Word, I want to invite you this morning to go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew, the very first chapter. And uh, we're going to be reading there beginning in verse 18. And God's Word says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now, we are familiar with the Christmas story and the events that surround the Christmas story. But as we think about that, it is easy to get sidetracked or distracted from all that comes with the Christmas story. And I'm not just talking about the modern distractions that we have of decorations, parties, and pageants, and parades, and gifts, celebrations, and all of those things that come with it even distractions from the actual story and the events. We see and we hear focus from artists and Christmas cards and even sermons. We talk about the shepherds and their sheep and what that has to do with the Christmas story. We talk about the wise men and their gifts, the angelic choir and the message that they brought, the star Herod's jealous deception and brutal attack of infants. Even the possible animals that were in the stable that night. While all of those things are important, and they are certainly a a part of the Christmas story, they can become, in an effort to be creative or inventive or, 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 you know, just different than the same old story, distractions from the key characters in the story. And those characters are Joseph, Mary, and the infant Jesus. And so many times we get so caught up in all of these other peripheral things that we forget about these three particular characters in the story of Christmas. And so over the next three weeks, as we prepare for Christmas, what I would like to do is take a look at each of these three individuals and see what we can learn from them and their lives and their events that can help us prepare our hearts to celebrate this Christmas season. This morning, I want us to take a look at the life of Joseph. Joseph is an interesting character. He played the role of the earthly father in Jesus' life. God gave him an important role as husband, father, teacher, provider, protector. He was present at Jesus' birth. And he led and taught Jesus of earthly things 
to the point that we find Jesus following in his father's footsteps and becoming a carpenter. We, he seems to be a, a relatively simple man. We don't know a whole lot about him, not a lot of information. We know that he never really traveled very far from his home, except for on one occasion, and that was when he took Mary and Jesus and fled into Egypt in order to protect and preserve Jesus' future and his life. He never wrote a book. To the best of our knowledge, he never preached a sermon. He never led a church. In fact, there's not one word that Joseph said that is recorded in the Scriptures. Not one word from the Father, the earthly Father of Jesus. We have no record of him at all after Jesus was roughly 12 years of age. And yet... He influenced and impacted the life of Jesus, and we see the influence and the impact of that in the entire life of Jesus many ways throughout his earthly life here on this earth. We think about the fact that God selected him. He chose Joseph for the very important role of being the earthly father of Jesus. Here are... Just a couple of the lessons that we can learn from him in the midst of our Christmas story. The first thing I want to know about Joseph is he was a man of great openness and great faith. He was a man of great openness and great faith. It seemed that on every turn, Joseph's faith and his trust in the Lord is tested. In everything from the very beginning, he is engaged to marry, to be married. We know that the Scripture is very clear that they had not been intimate to one another. And suddenly, it is discovered that she is expecting. And he knows, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that it is not his child. Think about the testing of one's faith. Think about the testing of one's trust. How difficult must it have been to be in that situation? Now, here's something I want you to notice about Joseph. It says that Joseph, being righteous, did not want to embarrass Mary. And so he desired to put her away secretly or privately. Here's what I want you to note about that. That decision, that heart, that compassion, that kindness, that understanding was before he ever knew that this child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. That decision, that compassion, that understanding came from Joseph when he still was under the expectation or the understanding that Mary had been unfaithful to him. That she had been intimate with someone else. And he had no idea at this point what was about to be told him in, by an angel in his dream. And yet we see someone who was, was so compassionate, so understanding, so faithful, 
that he was willing to, to take steps that would not embarrass or shame Mary in any way. Think about the amount of love that he must have had for her. To say, listen, I know that you've been unfaithful to me. And that hurts. And that's devastating. But even in the midst of that, I don't want to embarrass you. I, I, I don't want people to look at you in the wrong way. Think about the love and the compassion, the openness and the faith that he had. Then he receives the message and says, listen, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. For what has happened has happened by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And in relationship to that, she's going to bear a son. And you're going to call him Jesus. Because he's going to save his people from their sin. And Joseph had faith enough to follow through in obedience. Trust enough to follow through in obedience with the Father's instruction. Think about the fact that, that he made a journey with a pregnant woman. <laughs> That in itself takes a lot of trust, takes a lot of faith, takes a lot of patience, takes a lot of kindness. And when they made that journey, think about this, when they got to their destination, there was no room in the inn, no place for them to stay. Joseph wasn't sidetracked, he wasn't detoured, he simply set out to find a place where they could be safe and secure with his pregnant wife, expecting delivery at any time another test of his faith another test of his trust another test of his leadership and his love and compassion he did the best he could with the situation that he was faced with after the birth of jesus we know that the word came that herod was jealous and angry and sought to destroy the child, and so Joseph was instructed, flee to Egypt, take your wife and your newborn child with you. And again, Joseph being faithful, being open to God's leadership, trusting in the Lord, in obedience, did exactly what he was called to do. We begin to see why God chose him. Test after test after test. And there's no indication that Joseph ever took any action or path except that which was the right thing to do with the best interest of others in mind. Joseph was always open to the Lord's leading. Joseph was always faithful to the Lord's direction. He always trusted in the message that he received of what God desired for his life. And he simply immediately upon receiving that message, obeyed it. We never see any hesitation. We never see any questioning or doubting or uncertainty. The scripture gives us an indication that Joseph was a very open and faithful individual. That God said, this guy will make a good father. For my son on earth. What lessons can we learn about being open to God's leading? About being obedient to God's direction? About being faithful to God's commands from the life of Joseph? 
understanding time and time and time again. As he was tested and challenged, he met that difficulty with grace, with kindness, compassion, commitment, faithfulness, trust, and the understanding to do exactly what God was leading and calling him to do in his life. Second thing I want us to see this morning is that Joseph was willing to believe the best. Joseph was willing to believe the best. Best. Joseph believed in Mary's love, and he returned that love. He believed in her integrity, and he put his reputation and honor on the line as he came to her side to be her husband. Think about that for a moment. It would have been real easy to believe the worst. It would have been real easy to think the worst of her. And yet, even before he received that message that this was of God, he still did not want to to damage her or or to impugn her integrity or, or her reputation. He sought to, with compassion and understanding, to put her away in secret or privately. So so that those things would not be damaged. He believed in her purity, and he took her as his wife. He believed in Jesus' destiny, and he became a father to him. He was always looking at the best, always looking for the best, in every circumstance, in every situation, and in every life. How often do we look at others and we immediately believe the worst? How often do we look at others' lives or others' actions or others' behavior or, or, or things that they say or they do and we immediately begin to think the worst of that individual? Even when sometimes the worst is true, we still want to focus on the worst. We want to look for the bad. We want to look for the negative. We want to look for the difficulty. And we become judgmental. We become the judge and jury and we condemn. And we look down on people and and we judge them for their actions or their words or their deeds. We are quick to condemn them and to see the bad and the problems and, and the issues instead of looking for the good and finding the best. Joseph was an individual who looked for the good. He was an individual who sought to find the best, not just in people, but in circumstances and situations. Think about the example that Joseph set for Jesus in his childhood. Think about how he shared with him the events surrounding the the stories surrounding the events of Jesus' birth. I, I would imagine when Jesus was growing up as a little boy and they sat around the table at the family home or or when they were working in the carpenter shop, that Jesus would say things like, like, tell me again about how I was born. Tell me again about being in that stable and about the shepherds and the sheep. Tell me about 
the wise men who came with gifts? Tell me about going into Egypt and I mean, imagine the stories that Joseph would tell Jesus about his life, about his coming into this world, and about all of the events that surrounded that, and all the time focusing on the positive, focusing on the best, focusing on the good that people had done, that they had experienced, and everything that took place in his life. I think about the life of Joseph and and the example that he is to Jesus and that the example he is to us. I think about the fact that as he looked for the best in every circumstance, in every situation, and in the lives of individuals, that he influenced Jesus in a great way. It's hard to, to think about the fact that we have no record of Joseph in the life of Jesus after about 12 years of age. And yet he so impacted and influenced his life at an early age that that Jesus followed in Joseph's footsteps to become a carpenter. He took over the family business, if you would, and continued on the work of his father. And I would imagine in those stories and in those events and that influence and the impact that that Joseph had on Jesus' life that we can look and see throughout Scripture that time and time and time again Jesus looked for the best and He looked for the good. I think about a few occasions that record that. Think about the woman at the well. Everyone in her community looked at her in such a negative way, gossiped about her, talked about her behind her back. Maybe, just maybe, justifiably. But understand that Jesus sought the good and looked for the best. Think about the woman caught in adultery. She was guilty. There's no way around that, that she was guilty for what, what had, had happened and what, what took place. But yet Jesus looked for the best. He looked for the good. And he looked her in the eye and he said, Hey, listen, where are your accusers now? As they all had left one by one. And he said, They don't condemn you and neither do I. He was looking the best he was looking for the good he was looking for for something that was redeemable in the life of individuals there was this guy there's a little story about him he was a chief tax collector despised and rejected by many his name was Zacchaeus He climbed up in a tree in order to see Jesus as he was passing by. And Jesus looked for the best. He looked for the good. And he called Zacchaeus down and he went to his home and he impacted and changed the life of Zacchaeus forever. Because why? Because he was looking for the best. He was looking for the good. Think about a guy named Judas. 
who eventually would betray Jesus, and yet Jesus took him into his inner circle. He, he mentored him, and he loved him, and he ministered to him because he was looking for the best. He was looking for the good. And I believe not only was that because of his heavenly father, I believe it was because of the example of his earthly father. I believe Jesus looked at those lives and many more, and he sought the best and he sought the good because his earthly father had set an example for him, had influenced him, had impacted him, had inspired him as an earthly father. How many of us, if we think about just those four individuals I've mentioned, would have written them off? If we would have said, what, horrible people, and we would have judged, and we would have sought the worst, we would have thought the worst, we would have believed the worst, and we would have discarded them as society did in that day. Because we aren't looking for the best and we aren't looking for the good Jesus looked deeper Jesus looked within and he found the good he found the possibilities and and what could be and he believed in the best I'm thankful for that this morning because I believe he does the same for me And I believe he does the same for you. He does the same for all of us. And that he's looking for the good. He's looking for the best. We don't know for certain. But I have to believe. And I I think it's pretty safe for us to believe. That when Jesus was telling the parable of the prodigal son, which is really the parable of a loving father, that he wasn't just thinking about his heavenly father. He was thinking about his earthly father, a father who had loved him, a father who had loved his mother, a father who had been faithful, who had been a good husband, who had been a good father, who had set an example, who had provided, who had protected who had always set for him an example of looking for the good, looking for the best, looking to determine what could be done for others rather than what could be done for himself. And I think Joseph sometimes, because we don't have a lot of information, because there's no no lessons that he taught or words that he said that are recorded in scriptures, we oftentimes overlook the influence and the impact that he had on the life of Jesus as his earthly father. Because of the example of Joseph that he had in those early days of Jesus' life, I believe Jesus treated other people differently because of that example, because of that influence, and because of that impact. And I like to believe today that he's still looking for the best in me and you and all of us. That his desire is for the good. And he offers to us the hope of eternity 
through his Father, his Heavenly Father. And so this morning, 